morning to everybody and their neighbor. I'm Jed Stone, and you're listening to Gear and Gigs. So glad you guys could stop by. We've got a great show for you today. A bunch of interviews, some more NAM info. It just was a really great show this year. So much to talk about. I know this is part three of the show uh, around NAM, but I think you'll find that this particular episode is well worth the time. With me, uh, one of my favorite people. I say that a lot, but you know, I only have my favorite people on the show, so I, I think that's fair to say every time. I'll let you know when it's not. But right now, it definitely is. Trey Hawkins here once again, one of the uh, the founding members of Gear and Gigs, if you will. How you doing, everybody? I'm doing good. All right, it's late. We're doing this late in Dallas at Unearthly Sound Studios, and uh, as always, going to start this uh, show off with a bottle of wine. Now, I I've been trying to stay with California for the whole Nam series, but the series went on longer. <laughs> so I, I've unfortunately uh, opened up a bottle of Chateau Pierre de Montagnac. That doesn't sound like it's from it's California. Not, it's French. Uh, that'll be all right, I'm sure. All right, I've already warned Trey that my uh, my comedy is off for the day, so he's in charge of comedy. So if you are unsatisfied with the your comedic return on this particular podcast... Don't say anything about it. That would it. be Trey uh, at gearandgigs.com is where you'd want to uh, deflect that uh, consternation. Yes. Which is a, a word I've used in two different podcasts now. Go ahead and send me your emails. Your hatred nourishes me. <laughs> Dennis Feinstein helps oh. no man. <laughs> a little, little Parks and Rec reference there. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's kind of cool that he went off to be uh, such a great character in book, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, too. I mean, yep. not many people could have pulled off the best Pimento. quote from the entire show. Which which one, which show? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. The best one. Uh, Ooh, that's <laughs> that's a different podcast. Pimentos, mementos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. I don't know. If, no, the best, the best quote, the best quote from Brooklyn Nine-Nine without a doubt, is the episode where they get the mumps and... Balthazar. Well, that's good. It's, that's all that's great. But when, when, uh, when Santiago comes over and they're trying to leave and, and she's trying to convince him not to go and she just says, Holt's just over there writing a case <laughs> on the window... And then and now he's spelling it with a K. And then, then, and then Holt turns and looks at her and goes, Case! <laughs> that is the best line. That yeah, that's in all of maybe def- all of television. Definitely, right there, definitely, definitely the for, best episode. Yeah. Ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many one-liners in that one. But that's that's a whole other podcast. All right, we got to get back yes, on track. Uh, that's we should, a, a whole other podcast. Not, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. All right. But but on to Nam because Nam was uh, I've been to a lot of Nam shows and they're not all exciting and wonderful and sometimes there's overhyped you know but it seems like the last few years they've gotten more um, genuinely interesting and this year man oh man it seems like everybody pulled out the stops and came up with some just fabulous stuff I've I've been very impressed with the stuff that that uh, I managed to see and the people I managed to talk to mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that we want to uh, briefly touch on as well, but let's let's dive into one of the interviews right away. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of people have been asking about Aristides guitars because we've talked about them, and there's a lot of, of interest in uh, carbon fiber guitars anyway. Right. And uh, so I took the time 
to uh, peel uh, Pascal off uh, and see if I could get him. He's the owner uh, or founder or whatever you want to call Creator it. Creator and there everything, all he's, of it. He's He is Aristides in many ways. Right. He's Aristides like Mark Knopfler's Dire Straits. Right. So I, I, he was nice enough to, to spend some time with me and uh, talk a little bit about their new introduction this year, which is amazing it's a it's a new telecaster i should say t-style my apologies a t-style guitar it's telecaster uh that uh has a um, a lot of the aristides coolness about it so mm -hmm. let's uh, let's dive right into that yeah hi karen gigs nam 2020 this is jet stone here with pascal from aristides now am i pronouncing that correctly i love it okay great great job now these are some of the most cutting-edge, forward-thinking guitars we've seen in a long time. And I think most of our listeners, having listened to some of our previous podcasts, are well aware of, of kind of the ethos that goes behind it. So tell us a little bit about what you've got going on this year. I see a new shape. Yeah, a new shape. That's really exciting for us. Um, obviously, we came out with, like, uh, different versions of our original 070-060 design. We did an 8-string, we did band frets and all that stuff, but this is the first time since 2013 that we're actually coming out with a new, completely new shape. And seven years. Seven years, yeah. You got the itch. Yeah, it's not long. Okay, seven years, yeah, and, and yeah, it's a TO model, which is a, a tele shape, and we're so excited to have it here. Like the, the the feedback we've been getting is amazing. We're and we're so excited about it. So it's great it, to drop it here. It's a beautiful instrument. It really, you know, you've done some nice little touches to it around the pick guard and that to, to make it your own. And and I think I told you the headstock. I really think is spectacular. You Thank know, you, you see a lot of people doing takes on T style headstocks, and some of them come across a little a little wimpy. You know, just to be blunt. But but that's nice and strong, and I think it's gonna gonna hit your market now. It seems to me, I'm a jazz guy and a fusion guy, and you ought to check out my album, a lot of Aristides on there, but I, a lot of your players are not. They're your heavy metal guys, your thrash guys. How are they reacting to the T-style? Well, um, it's funny, even though, like, most of our customers are in, like, like you said, like, mostly, like, the prog side of metal, so they're, like, you know, the modern prog style metal. They appreciate the precision uh, of the instrument. We have some really heavy players, black metal, like uh, Whitechapel and Ishan, like those guys really badass, but those guys were waiting for this too, you know? Like, I think a lot of people, what genre, it doesn't really matter, you know, have a soft spot for a telly. You know, the telly is... Who's the first? For Yeah, for a lot of guys, it's not their main instrument, but they love those guitars. At home. Exactly, just to have one yeah. specific sound and... For them to get a, a telly with our, you know, playability and our the features that fit in our Cetus and make it our Cetus and our Cetus is is a dream come true. And we saw that when we opened a couple pre-order slots. You know, they were gone within like minutes. You know, because our customers have been waiting for a new shape for seven years. So you know, right. that's a big thing too. Um, and it, it's just something even the metal guys would love to have, you know, like a classic style telly. And we can make it a machine as well. You know, we can make it into a metal machine with two humbuckers and an Evertune bridge. I was going to ask about yeah. bridge style. So this, is this the first time you've offered Evertune or were they available on the uh, other Yeah, we've done a couple 060s with Evertune for artists. We've got Mark from Nothing More, uh, who's one of our artists who've been touring with an Evertune 060 for four years. The only problem is that it sticks out in the back. Mark was okay with that for touring. It didn't really matter. You know, it's just like his beat-up guitar. But 
we didn't like that for a production option, to have a brace that sticks out in the back, you know, that's not cool. And we haven't really figured out a solution to make it work yet with Evertune, so hopefully we can do that one day. But in the tally, we have enough space to work it into the back nicely, it looks great, and it fits great, so we're, we're thrilled to finally be able to offer an Evertune. Well, it's nice for Evertune users who typically have to saddle kind of a heavy guitar on their shoulder yeah. to be able to have a lighter guitar choice. And uh, I mean, the thing is already so stable, you know, it hardly goes out of tune anyway. You throw an Evertune on an Aristides, you may never need to do that guitar for the rest of your life. Exactly, yeah. So, what kind of pickup configurations are available in this? I'm assuming a standard Tele configuration is available. Yeah, that's the standard thing. We, um, we can do double humbug, we can do everything. Like, we can do triple, uh, three singles, HSH, whatever people want, how crazy they want to get. You can get it with the big guard, you can get it without the big guard. We're offering different control layouts, you know, classic Tele style with a plate or just go like like an on an 060 you know with the five-way switch and the volume tone bridges we offer the Evertune, we offer the, the, the classic tally style from Hipshot with okay. three or six saddles okay we what offer about Floyd the Rose? Floyd Rose, oh, wow. Hicks Bridge, uh, Hipshot, US Contour, Tram this is our most customizable model. Slant frets? Uh, no. Not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I'm not sure if we do that. I understand. Like, it doesn't fit the tally thing. I get that. It's so yeah. specific that we think the tally should be a, a tally. So we went with 22 frets, not 24. Oh, okay. Um, we get a, a lot of questions about a seven-string model. Maybe one day we'll look into that. But for, like for now, it's you like... You know, I've walked around this whole show. I don't think I've seen a single seven-string tally. No, but for some reason, people ask about that oh. online. It's always like question how many people would actually get it. Right, it's easy to ask. It costs nothing to ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we see that a lot. So what about guys that are into like uh, P90s? You do you offer P90s or so far kind of uh, configuration? So far, is something we usually don't do. Huh? Uh, we're doing one of... Uh, I'm going to ask about Filtertrons next. Sorry? I'm going to ask about Filtertrons next. Yeah, no, it's like... Because the Filtertron and Tele combo is such a popular thing these days with the Carbonitas and that kind of stuff. I just wondered if you had any thought in that direction. Yeah, we, 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 we haven't really thought of it. Like, we usually when we do P90s, we do humbucker size P90s. Okay. Like, bare knuckle, I've heard a ton of those, and I think there are some other companies offering those. And there's some... There's some versions of Filtertron made by other people that are humbucker size, so they exactly. Do that. You know, so we're usually into that. We haven't done any guitars with P90s yet. We usually go with uh, humbucker size P90s. We're doing an eight-string with a soap bar now for a customer on a very specific request. But we it's a big piece of soap. Yeah, it's a big piece of soap. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, so uh, yeah. But wow. Well, it's a beautiful instrument. You guys have got to be thrilled. Are they in production now, or are they just yeah. gearing up? We're making them right now. We we have a lot of orders for them already, so we're trying to fill those. Wow. And um, yeah, we're, we're like I said, we're thrilled. We're just really excited for this model to drop into the hands of people. Do you have any any uh, feel for how much of a percentage it's going to be in your business? I don't know. I don't know. We. Uh, I, I, you must have projections, right? What do you think? Yeah, we have like an idea. I think I think our main we have. Like our main thing will still be uh, our 060070 line in the band press stuff we have in that because that's what most people know us for. But I have a, I have a feeling that the, the Tele is going to be sneaky, sneakily very popular because it's so customizable. It's something like that is way easier for more traditional. If you're well, a traditional, are very conservative. Yeah. Like, we don't expect people who want a vintage Fender to drum ship and go our seats because those are not our customers. But we have some customers who are who maybe we're into the Parker Flies in the past, and the 060 design is just not for them. Right. And I can understand that. Right. It's a specific design. You need to get used to it. I think the Tele is way 
friend, more friendly. It's a friendly you know, shape anyway. Friendly yeah. shape anyway. Yeah. It's more, you can make it pretty traditional looking. So you can get the RSC's technology without having to be like, like the, scare yourself completely. Scare yourself because I, I can see how uh, a lot of our customers are pretty young. You know, yeah. with a young crowd and the, the OCO shape is a fast design. I can right. imagine that when you're like someone who plays blues or jazz or something, you're like. It sounds great, but I look a little out of place. Right, with the right, telly, right. you can you can you can have, I think, the best of both worlds. With a classic look. Well, I think one of one of the side effects I think you probably experience is because you have a higher end guitar, and a lot of young people can't afford the higher end guitars, and the older people can. The older people appreciate the telly shape. I think you're going to see a whole new crowd of people, you know, that can really yeah. afford the guitars, and suddenly kind of get enthused about this whole new. You know, yeah. material area. I mean, you know, everybody should be talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's a thing that um, we we what I kind of had in mind with this guitar is like we have a lot of like you said younger guys who play these and their uncles and their dads who also play guitar see those guitars and they love them, but it's not for them. And now we have something for dad too. Right. You know, and we already got orders from like father son orders where the son ordered a telly with like Schaller Hannes bridge and two humbuckers and crazy chameleon business and his dad ordered a classic seafoam deli style with deli pickups and that's nice that's nice that they can bridge yeah, that they, generation with yeah, the instruments exactly so that's he's got cool. like that crossover and I, I love that that's about nice. this too yeah yeah that is really cool well it's an elegant looking instrument you know there's a million delis in this room that I'm standing in maybe literally but that's one of the more elegant ones I've seen I, uh, I played it at, you know it plays like an air series it plays spectacular Thank you, you can't get you cannot get better action than you can on your guitars, I don't think, in the world. I appreciate I, it. I've tried. It's not for lack of trying, but they're, they're just, you know, the neck is about as perfect as you can get. I'm going to make two, two suggestions as a major Aristides lover, okay? You don't have to take them, but, but I hope that you do. I'm gonna one is four-string bass. Four-string bass. I want one so bad. Would you mind if it's Van Brad, though? I'd mind if it was fretless. Interesting. Yeah. Now we have plans for a four-string and a five-string band prep bass. Ah, in the style this is breaking news, Gears Again. Breaking news right now. This is in the style of the 06OS and 07OS, you know. Um, we expect, it depends on some stuff, but we hope to do them. Um, we're going to do something else first, but after that, we're going to do that. So hopefully somewhere spring next year, you know, like maybe summer now. Okay. 2021, we hope you have some bases. All right, so when I meet you here next year, you'll have more information on that. I, yeah, I expect to have more information. Okay, because I'm, I'm not going to promise a prototype, all right. but... I'm anxious, though, forcing, you know. Yeah, we hope to have it. Uh, the other thing I'm going to suggest is, is a personal thing for me, but it's a kind of a trend that I've seen going around the industry. A lot of the higher-end guitars are really rounding off those fretboard edges, and I'm yours or not. Nope. Is it something you've considered doing, or is there a reason you don't do it, or is it just part of the production process? It's part of our production process that we don't do it. It's just something we, you know, we, we don't have a lot of customers asking for it. That's because they're scared. Yeah, but, yeah, they're really scared of me. I'm really scared You're of very me. intimidating. I'm very intimidating. Yeah. But uh, it's something, if you want that, you just tell us. Oh, you expect that out? Oh, see, that's nice. I didn't know that. It's like a thing. If, if you, most things, you know, if you ask us very nicely, we'll do it for you. Can I have a free instrument? No. I asked really nice. Whoa. You, now, the listeners, you, you just heard that. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying. But I got to tell you, I'm really thrilled with my uh, Aristides. All the guys that have come into the studio and recorded with them wow. have walked away going, holy cow, that was amazing. That was 
the pure, either they say it's the purest stone they've earned, it's the easiest to play, or it's sustained like an alien being. Wow. Because they just sustain. It's like the, you feel like the notes should die off, and that this like second wave of tone keeps yeah. coming in. It's I a, know. Yeah. It's it's a really wonderful thing. It's great for slide, by the way. Slide guitar is spectacular. I got a guy doing a blues album right now. Played one of the um, um, what's the what's the the, the double cutaway? No two. Yeah, no two. Uh, played that with a slide. Oh, dude, it's sounded spectacular. It, it outdid two Gibsons in the room, two vintage Fenders, and uh, uh, Gretsch. Wow. It was, it was. I mean, they all sounded great, but that one just leaps and bounds. Yeah, you'll hear You're it on the record. Making me blush right now. No, it was, can see that. He is blushing a little bit. He is. Little bit. Yes. Um, anyway, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, everybody that's listened to our podcast knows how enthusiastic we are about it, and the fact that you're coming out with new shapes and new designs is just music to our ears. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. I'm a little overwhelmed by all the kind words. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I'll, I'll send you my invoice a little bit later. Okay, and, <laughs> and, and everybody, go to their website, check out the newest stuff, send them an email and tell them how great his stuff is. And uh, this is Jetstone for Pascal at Aristides. I'm out of here. That was a good interview. Well, thanks. Yeah. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, man, I love that guy. He's very nice. Um, He's very personable. He's it, not intimidating, by the way. I'm just no, kidding. no. He's always smiling. Great. Yeah, he's very, and he's thoughtful in his answers. But uh, it, it, talking about the, the sustain and everything, man, I, I showed, actually, the your O2O, they had the, the Blueberry Chameleon. I showed it to a guy today that was looking for a Les Paul replacement. And he was just, like, playing all these PRS and stuff. He's like, man, these are great. And he was testing the sustain, so I went... No, hold on. <laughs> and, I, and I literally I was like, how much do you trust me? Because he was like looking for something kind of vintage looking and oh, feeling. Well, yeah. And I was like, you know, how much do you trust me? He's like, well, I mean, we just met. So, uh, enough. <laughs> like, hey, wow. cool. Hey, introduce uh, me to that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, so I got this bridge. How much do you trust me? Oh, man. So I brought him the O2O and uh, he did his little sustain test and he went, you know, he made the face of like, all right, I know it's about to end, and it didn't. <laughs> and then he went, uh, hold on. And then we just sat in silence and listened to it go. And it was, I mean, I, I knew that it would, but just watching his face go, oh, my gosh. It's surprising that second yeah. wind is the only way I can describe it. It's, yeah. it's amazing how it just keeps, it always surprises you. Yeah. It's always, yeah, it's always pleasing too. It's mm -hmm. nice. It's like a sustainer. It's well, like the first thing he said was, wow, the note separation on this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh. Hey, how about the breaking news, everybody? See, I hadn't told Trey about the force no, bass and, and the fan fret thing. And it was one of those things I, I kept like forgetting that they didn't have a force string. Yeah, you'd think they would have done that before um, the five, but. But, well, not, especially, he knows his customer base right. really well. Yeah. And man, when I was playing that kind of stuff, seven strings, five string basses. Oh, yeah. Or if you were playing a baritone, a lot of times a bass player wouldn't want to take a four string and drop it. Oh, right. Sure. They, yeah, they'd yeah. want to have, you know. Extended range. Yeah, yeah extended range. Um, but, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, and and he, he might consider a fretless, man. That would be, Which, a four string fretless RSDs would be something. Well, I know he's done fretless. Uh, he just did a fretless for one of our friends. For Scott, yeah. Yeah, he just did the first fretless uh, 060. Or no, 070. 070, yeah. my apologies, yeah. And I think the uh, fretboard's aluminum. It is. Yeah. It is polished aluminum. Yeah. He, uh, That's so cool. He actually sent that off to um, uh, Bumblefoot first. Oh, okay. He had it for a, a couple of weeks, I guess, to try it out and stuff. Because, you know, 
he was interested. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. And the, the tele shape does look cool. The headstock's really cool. Um, and, you know, I it's, it's nice to know that they can customize well, and, all and, the different ways. You know, talking about the, you know, it's an instrument for dads. So I was like, I mean, I get it. I do kind of look like a dad, but I it's would beard. I would love a telly. I've wanted a telly Everybody from them likes tellies, right? for a I mean, while. No matter like, what you like a telly. I play heavy music and that would probably be my first choice. It's... <sighs> It's like having a pair of, of tennis shoes or an old T-shirt in your wardrobe. No matter what you have to wear right. or what you want to wear on a regular basis for style or whatever, deep down, you want to put on a pair of jeans, be <laughs> right. tennis shoes, a T-shirt, pick up your telly, and uh, apparently be the cover of Born in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I forgot the bandana, but other than that. Right. Yeah, apparently so. That's weird. But I don't think that's an American thing. You know, I think that's kind of everybody likes no, to I think tell you there's a sim- I mean, I think we've said this before, even if it wasn't on the podcast, that there's a, an attractiveness about the simplicity of a telly. It's a plank with strings. Yeah. It's, if you went any more basic than that. It'd be a plank it'd be, with you, strings. All you would have done is not finished it or not cut right. out a shape. You would have bow diddly <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even that was more finished than a right. telly, really. Yeah, a telly's got a, a, an honestness, I guess is what it is. It's an honestness. Because it's not like a Strat's that much more finished out than a telly, but... Mm-mm. It feels that way. It, well, a lot of it's the radius edges, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's not only that, because you can find Strat's that don't have the radius edges that still feel more and, sophisticated. And, well, and more of it's the pit guard with all the switches and everything. Yeah. I don't know. This was a, hey, we put the the pickups in... Telly looks like it was designed in a barn. And we need the pick guard. You know, and, it was designed oh, here, on the we'll, farm. We'll throw a we'll throw a, a metal plate on this for this section because we don't want to bend a piece of plastic around like that. Right. Or there'd be too much stress on it. Right. Yeah. 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 It seemed utilitarian, it's I like guess. The bolt-on idea is just so basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Works. But it works. And works. you know. And it, that inefficiency has created tone that Is music. <laughs> I was waiting for like, a, a tone that is dun dun dun. That is everything. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, yeah. So, okay. So let me ask you this. This okay. is uh, we're going to have a. Uh, I got to think of the right name for this so I can call up the right music. Yeah. This is going to be a. Uh, Major. Side. Major side. <laughs> If you could choose to have never had either glue-on necks slash neck throughs mm-hmm. or bolt-on necks in the world, you could only have one category. There could have only been bolt-ons or it could have only been set slash neck throughs. I'm, I'm blopping those together. Probably shouldn't, but I'm going to for the purposes of my major, major assault. Which would, which would, which would you, uh, you know, doom to the dustbin of history? Man. I know you've got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders right now. Companies lining up with bated breath, waiting to see who he will castigate. <laughs> Man, I think I'd have to pick Bolton. <gasps> Bolton goes away? No, no, no. Bolton stays. Oh, whew. sorry. No. No, I mean, I think because I was thinking through, I was like, well, that would almost rely on a Les Paul because I don't like carved top Bolton guitars typically. Well, yeah. Okay, I get that. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I could have a Tele style made out of mahogany with a bolt-on neck that was mahogany yeah. and put humbuckers in it and call it a day. Or, you know, well, I can't really have... call it a day. Let's just be fair. Can't have a Gretsch. Yeah, one guitar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, a Gretsch wouldn't be out of the question because you could do a semi-hollow body with a bolt-on neck. He's been doing it for years. My Fano is that way. Yeah, Fano's that way. Um, the built guitars I was telling you well, about earlier. The that original way. Starcasters. Alligators can do that. Like That's pretty true. much pretty much any like custom boutique well, and builder. And even Taylor Guitars went to a bolt-on, right? Right. So. Yeah, yeah. so I, I would consider wow. it the more uh, flexible uh, from a manufacturing standpoint to have do a flappy coat over there to do more things. It you like flappy. It? No, every time you move your arm, it goes flap, 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 oh. like sails in the wind. Well, I'm Batman. <laughs> I didn't say it better. I'm Batman. That was that wasn't bad. Okay, it was it was, it was more Will Arnett in Lego Batman, but still, <laughs> aren't we all Will Arnett in Lego Batman? Let's be honest. <laughs> Besides, I haven't been a tortured enough artist yet to re- to reenact Christian Bale's version of Batman. I see. Well, that was all of his pain. and If that's a hint for more torture, we'll be glad to bring some on for you. Oh, thanks. All right, so. Well, let's bring it back right, to our sure. next interview, which right. was with. Uh, Don't you think we should touch on something in between so it sounds like we're actually tying this together with something musical? I have something. This is part of our no, charm, but you can bring it. <laughs> Now you're making me laugh off my part of our charm. Part of our charm. Wow. wow. All right. So I want to talk for just a minute about Master 8. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard it after I said it. Listen here. Today, we're going to talk about Master 8. Sir, don't you mean... Don't I mean what? Do, do not presume. Do not presume. Let, I'll tell you <laughs> oh my when goodness. to masturbate. <laughs> you don't tell me when you're gonna. Wow. Uh, um, um, this is a guitar and bass picks crafted in Japan by a company called <clears throat> Master 8. It is, in fact, Master 8. And um, they might not be familiar with some of our uh, colloquialisms. Um, I, I, I didn't say anything at the show because I, I liked the picks so much. Um, so if you'd like to uh, check these out yourself, I suggest you go to Master 8. Make sure you spell it right or that Google search will yeah, be real you, weird. You could really end up with something awkward. Um, it's, um, www.master8, uh, the number eight, uh, master8japan.jp. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I let Trey check these picks out. They are nifty. They are, aren't they? They, uh, they have some amazing materials and they've got kind of like a, some of them got kind of like a rubberized grip yeah. thing. I don't know what that's. It kind of reminded me of the, the Dunlop. Uh, not the prime tones, the flow, Dunlop flow picks that I like, but but with like a, a more present texture. Yeah, they uh, they've got a couple different materials, Infinix and D eight hundred one with rubberized grips. Uh, they're also very attractive. They've got a nice look about them. Uh, they got some cool colors. Um, they look a little bit more sophisticated than your typical guitar pick, a boutique pick, if you will. Oh, so uh, Master Eight, everybody. All right, we're gonna move hey, on. We're moving on. Yeah. Hey. So uh, let's talk about uh, Kemper amps. Yes. We oh, love my, amps. please, let's. We love Kemper. We do. I, we both use our Kempers 
daily? I do pretty much every day in the studio. Somebody's pumping something through the Kemper. And yeah. uh, man, I tell you, we've had good luck with acoustic. We've had good luck with bass. Um, well, it's I, come, it's gotten to the point where we or you, I say <laughs> the royal some real week, pronoun whatever. difficulties right uh, now. You'll get a new amp, and you go, wow, I can't wait to get this home and put it on my Kemper. (laughs) 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 And, you know, it always makes me scratch my head, but I get it at the same time. Because having the real amps is cool, but it's so much easier dialing it up on the Kemper. It is convenience. It's time in the studios. You know, time is money. And And it sounds so close, especially running through a cabinet. Well, especially when I do my own profiles on my own studio amps with my own studio mics through my own studio preamps. Right. Because basically it was the sound I was going to get anyway. Right. And I don't stop doing the profile. I don't stop refining it or or redoing it until I can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Or, and this is weird, but many, many times the Kemper will exceed the original thing. Right. It'll, you'll get a sweeter spot on it or you're able to refine it past the point where the other one has or get more definition or whatever. And, uh, and usually I end up preferring the, the Kemper in the long run. Right. I'm going to be doing some comparisons soon uh, with uh, one of the artists that comes in. We're interested in actually seeing if there's something lost right. that we're not, that none of us are putting our fingers in. Right. So we're going to record the, uh, some stuff with an, an amp that we've also Kempered <laughs> and do the track both ways and see if there's a difference, you know, right. do some blind listening and see if there's any way to really tell. Cause if there's not, then great, you know, right. then we know. And if there is, then great, we know. And then we understand Kemper's a convenience and that's okay. And even if that's all that Kemper did was give you 95% of it and it was a convenience. I mean, I don't think anybody's arguing that there's at least 90, 95% of the experience no. there one way or another, we're, we're arguing over details and minor things that might affect the performance from an inspirational standpoint, right. but not from a, logisticals if you will standpoint. No, logistical it's unparalleled. Yeah, that's just it. The convenience standpoint, it's 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 off the charts. Um the flexibility standpoint, I mean, you know, we've got a laptop hooked up to it here in the studio. We've got one of the the powered heads up. and you know, I've got 2000 profiles in the in the laptop that we can load up instantly. Yeah. And I can search through real quick and we can find stuff. So we can audition amp after amp after amp. I mean, we may try 30 different 40 different amps right. until we find the what we want to use for that particular track, there's no way to feasibly do that. We have maybe, what, 25 amps in the studio total, and it would take hours to try all of them. Well, and, and realistically, it's, a, it's an infinite switchboard. And then for me, for live stuff that I do, yeah. I mean, it's, I use it. I have different performances set up for the worship gigs that I do, for each band that I'm a part of. Like for any fill-in gigs, I just create a quick performance. And you can rely on it. It's actually going to be exactly yeah, the way you left it. it's actually going to be the exact same way I left it. I've spent so much time with their reverbs and delays that I've come up with sounds that, you know, make the the worship guys that I play with go, oh, wow, that's, that's real neat. You know, it's not a Strymon, but it's real neat. Can't help but say, but it's not a Strymon. But, uh, but the quality is, this, is yeah, equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely in the same, uh, in the same realm. Because every time I look at a, at a delay or reverb pedal, I go, oh, man, this would be cool. This is something that I wait. No, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know even I the shimmer effects and that spending, kind of stuff. You know, three hundred dollars on a pedal when I've got it all. You know, a drive pedal is one thing, but but the ambient effects, man, they've just they finally got them. It isn't just that either. It's if you agree to use a pedal, agree with yourself to use a pedal, then you also have to agree to hook it up with cables right. and a power supply. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh, well, never mind. Yeah, yeah. 
because that more to go wrong, more to mess with. And there's something in today's world that things have gotten so easy to deal with mentally in chunks mm-hmm. that as soon as you have an add on it, it, it's undesirable. Right. You know, I want it neat and clean in chunks. The only thing I have on my physical pedal board right now that I use for church is a expression pedal with the foot controller, the floorboard, the floorboard. Yeah. Uh, and the, the foot controller is just a, or the expression pedal is a, uh, volume. Uh, yeah, volume. And then it goes to tune when you pull it all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have a, uh, hologram infinite jets cause that's the only thing oh. that the camper that can't do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wouldn't really expect it to, that was, that would be an unrealistic expectation, but that with, although Christoph, if, if you're listening, that would be neat. That would be a nice inclusion. Um, like having that in the in front of my signal chain, especially when I'm doing big pad like ambient it's stuff. Great pedal though, it's a great oh, pedal. Gosh, yeah, it's kick that pedal. on and it's the room is filled. First time I heard that pedal, I'm like, oh my lord, this is. Amazing. In fact, I think I told you about it. The first yeah. time I heard, it, I was like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. And then I watched that the uh, the demo of of uh, the knobs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was that's a great channel. I put yeah, I love that channel. But I just put it on because I think it was like ten minutes of demo of the pedal and I just left it on cause it was pleasant to listen to. So I had to have one, but that's the, that's the first time I bought a guitar pedal in four years. Wow. Said the guy who works in the music store. Yeah. Wow. And you don't even sell those, do you? Kemper is that strong. No, we don't. <laughs> well, the Kemper is amazing. Um, and they've come out with the, the missing thing this year. But I'll let Christoph tell you all about it. See, I I haven't uh, told Trey uh, about the the stuff that I learned at Am. I wanted him to learn with you guys so he could react, you know, like you guys are reacting. But he actually gets to say it. So let's let Christoph tell you a little bit about what's going on this year. Christoph Kemper, everybody. All right, Nam 2020, everybody. This is Jen, and I am here with the man, the myth, the legend himself. Hey, hi, it's Christoph Kemper. Nice to meet you guys. How are you today? How are you like third day of the show burnt? Yeah, it, it's actually it's a such a show. It's it's always a bit exhausting. Well, I know you got and, your uh, own little personal bar back there, so you've been making do somehow. Yeah, but people uh, people still keep coming up to me, like you, like for me. example, <laughs> and uh, take me off the bar, and I just I, no, see, I feel guilty. Okay, all my listeners <laughs> feel no really problem. guilty. <laughs> it's my it's my job here, right? And I, I'm here to do that, of course. Of course, the irony is, as I when I do the podcast from the studio, I drink wine for every episode. So there yes. you go. And I just uh, left my wine there. I might, I might grab it. Colorado soon. wine yeah. called Coors. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about music here. What, what's new for Kemper this year? So new for Kemper is uh, especially well. Uh, we have uh, we have released some stuff during the during the last year, which is the profile stage. Uh, we have re- released the uh, uh, the editor. Oh, right, the new is, editor, right? Oh, yes, the new editor. It is still in a beta state, but it's in a very, very good state, so it might go to to, to release date in a couple days, so we are very positive about that. Oh, breaking news, and, everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, we have also released, uh, we are about to release our um, Kemper cabinet and Kemper cone, which is dedicated speakers for the profile, uh, for the profilers, where you can have, where you have the choice to either run a linear sound, or you can run the amp in the room sound by by choosing a, a certain 
for example, Celestine cabinet to make it sound like that cabinet, but to your ear, so not to very, the microphone. So it's a very neutral design then. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and first of all, it's not a neutral design. We choose to have a speaker that has uh, a, uh, the perfect radiation pattern to us. But uh, and we choose that is a, a speaker that is light and not too costly. As a consequence, it does not necessarily have a perfect frequency response. But we knew that in advance, and we uh, trim the frequency response by digital means in the profiler to perfection. And is that that in, is, is the trick. Is that in new software from the profiler? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what update is that, just for our listeners? So well, keep actually, track we might bring this update once the cabinets are out okay, there. Okay, so it's not out right? yet. Okay. We're showing it on this show already, so it's it's all visible. Uh, and you guys might see uh, see this uh, new screen, display screen, uh, in some videos. I guess not on that podcast right now, right? Yeah, we <laughs> don't do a lot of video on the podcast. <laughs> and yeah, you can you can switch on that Kemper cone, Kemper cabinet intelligence. Okay. And is it um, a full range cabinet? Yes, it is. A full and then range. it becomes a full range cabinet, and I'd say it's it's pretty much one of the most linear cabinets for, for guitarists out there. How much do the cabinets weigh? Uh, they weigh. Uh, it's. Um, the cabinet's, uh, I think, 22 pounds and a bit. Oh, that's not bad at all, though. Not more. Very, yeah, yes. It's a nice-looking cabinet. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. It is. It's, uh, yeah. it, it fits in with the aesthetic of everything else you've done. Oh, yeah. And uh, and they look attractive. Yeah. And they're, uh, so is it a 12 and a horn or a tweeter, or what do you got in there? No, it's it's just one broadband speaker. It's really? not even a two-way speaker. Really? And we did it in purpose. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. We, you, we you did it in purpose because... We, we didn't want to have a radiation pattern that is too wide. Right. So by the, because then it could be like a PA speaker. But with a PA speaker, you might you might lose a bit of that guitar speaker feeling. Right. You know that that's the uh, that, that is the purpose. What's the price point on these? Price point is uh, on on the cabinets for for the US. Uh, it's planned. It's um, uh, $440, and we, don't, we, we hope that, that we are not going to be hit by the Trump tariff, right? Right. If that's the case, uh, we might have to increase the price by a bit. Now, they're not power cabinets, are they? No, not okay. yet, but huh? we have plans to make these cabinets, cabinets powered as well. Okay. Any plans for multi-speaker cabinets, like a 212, like a 212 or a 210? No, or that's the trick. So that's the next story. No, we don't. We don't want to become like a big cabinet maker because uh, we don't want to really get into these, let's say, logistics and stories. And this is because we do digital lamps. And the, well, as you all know, the first story of digital lamps is that you don't really need a cabinet in first place because it's all digitized. Right. But we have so much fun with cabinets, we still want to do that. Right. So that is the second product now. The speaker that is in the cabinets is called Camper Cone. And you can buy this speaker as a replacement part and put it in your cabinet. Or you can have somebody make a cabinet for you, for example, a 2x12. Or you take your good old 4x12 change the speakers and put our speakers into that and have fun huh. right and well, that that idea. is the trick and that that is that this was even the main idea behind that to have those speakers but then we have decided to have our own cabinets but just in one in one shape which is one by 12. 
Well, I like the idea that you're coming out with cabinets because it seemed like almost everything was there, you know, and there was a missing yeah. thing, and, and I wanted a complete Kemper system, yeah. and now they can have a complete Kemper. And I think that's great. It's a great look, and, uh, you know, I haven't heard them, but I know I can count on the quality because everything else you've done has been spectacular. Yeah, it's pretty good. We had, uh, uh, we had the representative of Celestion uh, here, I think, half an hour ago. I played it to him. He, he was... Uh, was really happy. Well, there you yeah. go. That's that's yeah. quite a that's quite a coup. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking was, the time. It was surprised even. Yeah. Well, good, good. Yeah. Twenty-two pounds, dude. That's that's great. Oh yeah. Because that that makes it a two-handed job to go in and do a gig, and oh, yeah. that's spectacular. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to, right. to explain to the Gear and Gigs crowd. Thanks Everybody, very much. Chris Kemper. That's awesome. Interesting, huh? Yeah. The the uh, the replacement speaker di idea is fascinating. That, Hang yeah. on, I'm sorry, I need a refill. Hang on. Good wine, by the way. If in case anybody's wondering about this particular, uh, what what was it again? Oh, it was a Madoc. Madoc, Medoc, M-E-D-O-C. How's that? How is that pronounced? It's a 2016 Madoc, Pierre de Montagnac. Anyway, very good. Go on. I mean, I think that that was that was killer. I mean, when he said that they have no plans to do anything else, I was like, oh man. And then he just. You know, one two punched with the, but we're going to let you buy the speakers right. and put them in your cabinet. I was already like, well, cool. So sign me up for two. Uh, I'll throw them in my, because I have an orange 212. I was going to say a 212, I think, would really like, be a nice. And that would, the end. You know, I, I've, in listening to the interview, I feel bad about one question I didn't ask that I should have asked. Hmm. And, you know, you forget why you're yeah, there yeah. the show, but. I wish I'd asked him if there was any, and, and, and I, I think I know the answer would be no, but. Still, I'm, I, I would have asked him, any plans down the road for a combo? Because wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, it would be. That's what I would get. I would get the 112 Kemper combo that had it all in one, and that would be awesome. So, you know, hey, once again, <laughs> even though we, we carry little weight in the R&D of the world, let's throw out another idea yeah. to these people. Hey, hey Chris, I, I, just an idea. Maybe, you know, since you got the cabinet thing going and the speaker thing going and the powered head thing going, maybe you do a, a combo and see how it flies. I can guarantee I, you'll sell one. Right. Two for stereo. You know, you could make one. A 212 stereo combo. When the, uh, but now when the, when the speakers come out, you can put the rack version in the top of a chassis. I suppose you could probably put one together. Yeah. yeah like it wouldn't be that hard. I'd want to do it with a 212. So I'd need to find another. Right. Would you do it vertical or horizontal? Oh, it's got to be horizontal, so it's stereo. Well, duh. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't want to say duh, but I was thinking it pretty hard. No, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think a stereo. It'd be it, as long as it didn't get too heavy, you know, it'd be right. kind of unwieldy. But you know, the the powered versions are only mono powered anyway, unless right. you get that. What's it called? The What's that thing they, that you can get, the camper or something like that? You can go on the back of a camper. It's oh, a module yeah. that fits I, in the back. It I haven't looked into it enough. It gives you stereo power. Not as much power, though. Not like 600 watts. I think it's a couple hundred watts, but yeah. No. Yeah, that, that's the other thing I should have asked him is any ideas. Because I'm really surprised they haven't done a, yeah. a stereo-powered head. But It would make sense. But, I, you know, I've, I went with a pair of the Headrush-powered speakers, and right. it's worked out really, really well. The headrush blew me away at the at the price point mm -hmm. and the the weight and the functionality. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to wear that jacket on podcast. I'm, you're fluttering around like old man in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I've received significantly worse. 
I keep wanting to salute because I think there's a flag blowing in the wind. <laughs> You're more than welcome to salute. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Kemper, we love them. And, uh, you know, they've changed a lot of the world of uh, the kind of music you do, especially. Yeah, absolutely. That world relies a lot on that kind of stuff. What's, what's that? What, what would you call that world? Post-hardcore? Oh, I guess. Yeah, just heavy music. Heavy in music general. in general. I mean, because... Prog stuff. Prog yeah. guys, death metal guys. Yeah. Classic rock bands. I mean, everybody has these. They really are the the up-and-coming thing. I mean, I've, I've, I've had the 11 rack. I still do have the 11 rack. I've got the Axe Effects. I like both of those real well. Uh, I go way back to other stuff that, that does similar stuff, but man, oh, man. Every time I, I compare the Kemper... To the real thing, I walk away going, yeesh, I like that Kemper. I think that they set themselves apart, too, by allowing for a secondary market. Because most, most of the stuff up, up until then was everything. All the sounds had to be proprietary. I mean, I'm sure there was things here and there, but, like, other than the Axe Effects, which came out around the same time, that's the only uh, digital amp that I know of that you could actually buy more sounds from third parties. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the Fender had the G-Deck, but you had to buy their... They were made by Fender. Right, and the Line 6 stuff, you could get people's presets that they'd created, but they were but all based, based around on, the sounds yeah. that were already there. Yeah, so this was the way to actually, yeah, expand the, mm -hmm. the library. Right. Really expand the right. library. Yeah, and actually that's... You know, one of the more satisfying things to do, I mean, it, for the first six or eight months that I had it, I didn't do any profiles. I just enjoyed the ones that were there and bought other ones like, you know, the Michael Brits. And I would recommend the the Top Jimmies. Those are great. The Tone uh, Junkies. Tone Junkies, great. STL At, Tones. Uh, STL. Uh, Amp Factory. Is yeah. Spectacular. Uh, and, and be on the lookout for Unearthly Sounds package. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a package coming out soon that's going to have, oh my gosh, uh, upwards of 50, 60 amps, I think. Yeah, I don't know the exact number yet, uh, but um, we are going for um, the guitar players package. You know, something that you can actually use for a lot of songs and a lot of projects. And uh, where the hardest thing about choosing is going to be, you know, choosing which of the good sounds you want to pick because there's it's there's not going to be any bad ones in there. Right. Yeah. So that that's going to be coming up. But hey, you know, we talked to a lot of people at NAMM, um, but I wanted to just briefly touch on something we talked about in uh, some of the previous episodes of the NAMM debriefing, one of which was Porter Pickups. You wanted to give us an update on that. Yeah. So uh, the last time we talked about them, I had uh, ordered the wide range humbuckers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that are the shaped like a normal humbucker size. So they do them both. Uh, they'll do the full size wide range that goes in like an old 72 Deluxe Tele or they'll do the standard humbucker size. Uh, but I put them in a uh, Jaguar that I got just a heck of a deal on and proceeded to mod and change a bunch of things on. But uh, I played it at church on Sunday for the first time at a, at a church gig, and they just completely blew every guitar I've used for that particular uh, gig or uh wow considering the name of our podcast it really shouldn't have taken you that long to come up with the word gig i'm thinking well actually gig was my secondary word but we're getting off topic uh <laughs> how can that be off topic it's the name of our show <laughs> regardless of of what i was trying to say we're not talking about gigs damn it i'm trying to talk about this gig yeah we're trying to talk about the gear that i used at the oh man mm, right back myself into uh, a corner uh, 
No, they were phenomenal. So uh, was it the wide rangeness of them? Is that a thing? <laughs> the wide rangeness. Wide rangeness. Yeah. Well, the, the wide ranges were originally designed to... They were Fender's answer to a humbucker. And answer to a humbucker. But and they, they were designed by Seth Lover. And they were never humbuckery sounding. Well, they had, they almost had a filter tron. They were, they were, they? they were thin. They were kind of in between a, a true humbucker yeah. and and a filter tron and everything. And but bigger sounding than the, the mini humbuckers, I think. Yes. Well, they're not as focused. The yeah, wide yeah, yeah. range, the range is wider. <laughs> uh, it's in the name. It's in the name. Well, they sound. You, you brought that thing over and we we played it and it was just amazing. It sounded great. Yeah, it and, looked cool too. And that was through the through the Fillmore and everything. And and yeah, that sounded great. But I so. You know, when I'm playing at home and I'm setting all of my tones and EQs and everything for a new guitar, you know, I'm just playing through a 15-inch Harbinger speaker that... 15-inch speaker? We've had forever. <sighs> you play through a 15-inch speaker at home? Yeah. Wow. You're welcome, downstairs neighbors. Why? But... I don't, I don't turn oh it up super loud. Oh, my Lord. A 15, what are you, Steve Howe? Yes. Jeez. Okay. But but it but it never sounds super great because the you know yeah fifteens just do not work for guitar yeah I don't know why they just don't. I mean Steve Howe notwithstanding yeah but he does not go for your traditional sound either right yeah but it you know so it's I'm always kind of having to guess like okay this only sounds this level bad which means on a regular <laughs> system it'll sound really good um, so it's like it's like the the baseball players with weights on your bats yeah yeah. So I show up to the gig and I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds great. So much better than, yeah. got, what do you got, two eights? All right, hey. Oh, hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it, it just exceeded all of my expectations. It was it was big and fat where I needed it to you be. you played through the Kemper? Played through the Kemper, direct in. What profile? It was uh, one I just got uh, from a customer, actually, that he sent me. And it's a, I believe it's a Tone Junkies. Uh, one is a Super Reverb and one is a Twin that he showed me and, and just recommended super highly. So I, I tried them and I was like, wow, through this 15, they only sound kind of bad. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I just decided, but they did sound good with those pickups in particular. So I, I took that and yeah, my standard setup, all the same reverbs and delays and everything, just changed the amps and changed the guitar. And it was crazy different for the better. Huh. Um, I'm sorry, what amp was it again? Uh, super reverb. Oh man, I'll tell you, the Super Reverb is my new favorite amp. Yeah. Which is stupid since it's <laughs> been around since right. I've, I've been here. But it, every time I go, man, I love that tone. What is that? I do mm -hmm. a little research. It's a Super Reverb. I, I, I used to think that. Or it's a Vibrolux, which is actually a 15. Uh, typically. Yeah, right. Nice try. <laughs> I'm just saying. It could be. But for me, this the, over the last two years, every time I look into a sound that I like, it comes up Super Reverb. Yeah. Every time I. I do some research into old albums that I like, thinking I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. I turn out to be wrong, and it's a super reverb. Yeah, there's a punchiness to it. It's there's, there's awesome. a lot of things about it. It's a focus. It's a punchy, but it's a, it can be big. It can handle complex chords. Mm -hmm. I've got a a basement one thirty five head. Yeah, and I don't I don't know enough about the history on that particular amp to tell you what that's most related to. Right, I think it's kind of twinsy. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's twins. It's a silver face. But it's got the biggest, fattest, most gigantic clean I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. The distortion is, you know, yeah. not to write home about. <laughs> but man, the, the clean is so big. 
um, makes me interested in amps like the, um, what's that one uh, from Orange that's just designed to be clean? Um, anyway, they've got an amp that's, that's it's like a 30-watt combo. Uh, I think it's a, a 112. One gain stage. It's really just designed to be a pedal platform. Right. And, you know, that's kind of the, uh, the opposite of a Kemper in many mm -hmm. ways. But I dig that idea. Because I've got a lot of great pedals, right. and it would be nice to be alleved. Alleved? Wow. We're going to have a word check. Just a moment. Mm -hmm. Negative. Wow. I did not think that's how it was going to turn out. Anyway, I, I, I was relieved from the guilt of feeling like I'm using all these pedals for my distortion and my tone, and here I'm running into this great amp that's perfectly capable of distortion, right. channel switching and reverb, and I'm not using it. Right. You know, and so it'd be nice to have a platform in some ways that was just here. I'm only here to make what you have on your floor louder. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have that. You know, the closest thing would be like maybe the, the top hat or something, you know. Right. But I'd like, to, I'd like to explore that maybe at some point. Have you done anything with that sort of an idea? Um, I typically end up using the amp if it, for distortion if it has it. Yeah, I, I typically want to be that way too. Which is terrible because I have a great collection of distortion pedals. Well, I I like using an overdrive pedal to add maybe, you know, if I have a two-channel amp, I can use a, a, an overdrive pedal to make it a three-channel kind of. I get that. I've never been super fascinated with single-channel amps. I mean, at a gig that I had in Florida, I used a single-channel amp with a pedal board, and I had everything in that, but I wasn't really using a distortion pedal because I wasn't trying to get that kind of dirt, but... Uh, that was the only application where I thought it worked super well for me. Because even if I was playing like an AC30, I would still want a pedal, yeah. a, a drive pedal yeah. to uh, to run with it. And I'd put, I like to push them pretty hard, but to just send it over the top, maybe soften up some of the uh, the ice pickiness on the top end. Well, I'll tell you, that new uh, steel string that I got, that mm -hmm. new pedal from, what is it? It's, not Vertex. New, it's only new for me. Uh, Vertex. Vertex, yeah. That, uh, that steel string would do exactly that. Man, that mm -hmm. is, we just got that in the studio, and wow, what a great pedal. That thing is like a vibe machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes everything sweeter. It's the better pedal. Makes everything better. It really does. Mo it, better. But unfortunately, I, or fortunately, it's one of those things that I don't want to turn off once I've turned it on. It's like I, I turn it off and, and think, oh, well, that'll be a, a flavor. Mm -hmm. And I turn it off and go, well, no, it's I, the flavor. I don't want that flavor. So it has to be, yeah, <laughs> it has to be there all the time. Yeah. So that's the problem I get with a lot of pedals is I like it so much I have trouble turning them off. Right. So, uh, so that's uh, anything else from Porter? Other than just if you haven't played them, you need to. Uh, I'm getting ready to order a set of the Filtertrons. You're going to order a porter? I'm going to order a porter set of the Filtertrons before we go uh, record. Or that is to say the band is going to order a set of Filtertrons. Right. Is that the Light the Fire band? Right? Yes. Light the Fire. Yeah, look them up, everybody. Light the Fire. Uh, it's a band that he plays in. It's a pretty amazing group of guys, and uh, they've got a great sound. Uh, we've got an update on... Um, the Marconi Lab pickups that we talked about uh, one of the previous shows. These are the super wafer-thin pickups. They were the S2S. I, I, I found a flyer on those. I wanted to make sure that oh, I got cool. the name out that those were the S2S. And I'm going to show uh, Trey here because he hadn't actually seen this picture yet. So you can see. I had to throw the paper over to him, and now he's got to see if he can do it without hitting the microphone. He did. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, those are cool. Aren't they? They're so thin. It's they're amazing, and they sound. I mean, you talk about you know wide range sound. You these things 
would make those wide range sound pickups sounded like they were through a, a megaphone. Oh, I'm sure. They're just immense. They're just immense. I mean, basically what you're doing is you have 10 times more sound coming from your guitar at that point, And you're just trying to tailor it and filter it down to something usable. Yeah. You know, but that'd be weird at least to approach start- it that way. Yeah. But at least you're starting with everything. So that's kind of cool. And, uh, one more final going backwards, so to speak here. Uh, 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 I was remiss uh, in our previous mention of the twin pick. I remember we talked yes. about the twin pick, uh, which in the meantime, since uh, we've spoken last, uh, I've used it on several different album projects. And in every case has really worked out to give that extra zing. Um, I don't know that I'm hearing two hits so much as a, a sort of a zing or a click or a, a sort of a different attack mm-hmm. on it, but it definitely adds a sparkle and an interest to the acoustic parts or even the electric parts. Um, so uh, Twin Picks, it's www.twinpicks, T-W-I-N-P-I-C-K-S.com. Uh, be sure to check those guys out. They, uh, they've they got something worthwhile for sure. I, it's kind of weird. We have two uh, two picks worth talking about there. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pile on with my third. I'd like to, to throw a shout out to Gravity Picks. They are my personal favorite picks. Uh, been using them now for about a year. Got turned on to them uh, from Danish Pete over at Anderton's in the UK. And uh, they've got a, a whole bunch of new designs, uh, colors, shapes, sizes, and all, all that. So give uh, Gravity Picks a look-see. They're hand-polished, and um, they once you get used to them, it's hard to go to anything else. So make sure you check those out. I'd, I'd like to jump to uh, another interview, if that's okay with you. Yeah, let's do it. I'd like to talk about Dakoni Audio. Um, they've got uh, some interesting things uh, that I think uh, would have some bearing on our listeners. So let, let me play you an interview that I did uh, with, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was with um, F. Shrugged Mans, their community outreach and social media guy. Okay. If, if it wasn't, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that it was. Let me play that for you. All right, I'm here at NAMM 2020, and we are at the Dakoni booth. Did I pronounce that right, Dakoni? That is absolutely perfect. My name is Everett. I'm with Dakoni Audio as our social media and community outreach spokesperson. I'm also here with Dylan. Uh, Hi, Dylan. How you doing? Hi, I'm the product manager. I uh, design most of the headphones and earpads. Yeah, so what these guys do is headphone accessories, right? That's exactly correct. We do earpads, ear tips. Uh, cleaning products, cases, and headphone, um, all kinds of goodies. I tell you, I'm looking at this stuff, and it looks extremely high quality. The leather it feels spectacular, which you wouldn't oh, think thanks, that, it, that it necessarily would, but it really does. Yeah. The case is beautiful, and uh, and what was the other thing? The um... So with uh, Fostex, we actually did a uh, collaboration with the company. We made the mods. They built it in their factory because they like it so much, and it has all of their uh, quality control and warranty. Oh, and the other thing I was thinking about was the little pads that you do to the change. The nuggets. Yes. Yeah, we've got four-piece nuggets. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're making me hungry. I know. So the nuggets are uh, just basically universal headband replacement pads. Uh, they just stick on with two-sided tape, and they use our vegan choice leather. So if you uh, just don't like animal products or, in fact, uh, just a really soft material, uh, our choice leather is on our nuggets and many of our headphones. So these things Head look pads. like uh, kind of like little ice cubes made of leather with yeah. an adhesive pad on the back, and you stick them on the top band of your headphones yeah. inside to help size it for smaller clients, children, uh, women who might not feel comfortable in the bigger headphones. Or people like me who have lost their hair. 
<laughs> and with the memory foam, it's pretty great. Now, did you try replacement hair before you went with the nuggets, or? You know, I just like hair banging too much. No, not quite, not quite. Okay, but so I did try hats. And hair nuggets are down the road. We're not doing those yet. I mean, I could be excited for maybe, maybe we'll just do Dakoni confetti. Yeah, we don't want to say excited for hair nuggets, because that just sounds like we're talking about something completely different. Yeah, that's a little weird. All right, I got to tell you guys, this stuff is spectacular quality, and, uh, and we'll do more on the show about this at a later date. Thanks yeah. so much. Appreciate Looking forward to catching some more of your albums, man. Oh, thanks. That's very kind of you to say. You guys take care, and uh, and we'll catch you. you back up with Dakoni shortly. You know, that was just such a great nugget. <laughs> it was a nugget of information for you. Yeah. Actually, they were very nice guys. I'll tell you, they really were, and I wanted to be sure and give them a shout-out. Uh, they they are, are well-deserving of it. The products are really, really nice, super high-quality. Um, you know, I often get clients that come in that are smaller of head. <laughs> smaller of head. <laughs> and, uh, Daniel, small of head. <laughs> it's not often on their business card. They don't lead with that usually. No. But, but, or sometimes you get a kid. My daughter sometimes wears my headphones and, and they don't fit right. And so these little nuggets, for instance, would be great. But they do a replacement ear pads that are mm -hmm. spectacular for all the, the various headphones that are out there. Um, I, they sent me home with a, a headphone cleaner. Uh, which is really nice because obviously we got a lot of people using yeah. headphones in the studio. So I'm sure as a user of those headphones, you're glad to know I, I occasionally yeah. clean those. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'm sure glad they gave me this because I didn't know what to do. And up till then, I wasn't cleaning them. <laughs> but now I have no excuse. And uh, and uh, I'm going to remind uh, Everett, we had a discussion uh, that I told him I had a subwoofer in the studio, a golden ear subwoofer that uh, went down to 12 hertz. And he... Uh, he disputed that and thought that that, that probably wasn't true. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I, I, I'm sure I can whip out some some Google information to, to prove my point. And he said, well, if you can, I will send you a free set of headphone uh, ear pad replacements for your choice of headphones. Oh, wow. Which is great because two seconds later, I proudly showed him the information that I was correct. And he begrudgingly said, I will send you. <laughs> so I just have to wait to, to choose. I think I'm going to go with these uh, MDRs right here. They, they look like they could use oh, a new, yeah, yeah. new set. So yeah, yeah. I'll be contacting you ever. But uh, in the meantime, everybody check out Dakoni. They are uh, well worth your look-see. And uh, they get the Gear and Gigs uh, Choice Approval Award. That's a new thing. Do we I, vote on this? Well, you weren't there. You're right. So are your headphones not clean? I don't know. Are they? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no, they're not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're moving, done. We're I moving think on. We're done here. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> well, that's all the time we got today, anyway. But you know what? We'll come back with one more Nam 2020 debriefing episode. And until then, this is Jeff Stone for Trey Hawkins saying thanks for visiting with us at Gear and Gigs, and don't forget to subscribe.